What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoop Heads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, including Cavaliers Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoop Heads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Man, the Wizards just lost to a <laughs> just a really, really good Nets team. Um, I don't know what else to say. They competed pretty hard. Um, it was pretty close for a while. Um, they said on the broadcast that Bertans is going to be out for two weeks. So Garrison Matthews played a ton of minutes. That was fun to watch, obviously, because, of course, I love some Garrison Matthews, but, you know, could have been better. Um, so the Wizards ended up losing 113 to 106 against Brooklyn Nets. The Nets pushed their record to 29 and 14 on the season. Um, and the Wizards fall down to 15 and 26. I believe that makes the Wizards one and five after the All-Star break. No, one and six, I think, um, which isn't great. Um, just according to ESPN's win probability model, the Wizards never got above a, just about like, uh, let's see. So it was a one-point game with three minutes left, um, and the Nets had a 64% chance to win. Um, so they tried to make it interesting. It never got um, super, super close um, in the end. Um, and obviously the Brooklyn Nets ended up winning by seven points. Um, but the Wizards had a shot. Um, they had a couple shots at it. Like there's one play, um, in the game in transition, uh, Westbrook had the ball attacking downhill as he'd been doing all game, which I love to see. And he passed it off to Bradley Beal and Beal airballed a shot. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, just going back to some of the big picture stuff, um, coming into this game. The Brooklyn Nets were fifth in point differential with plus 6.0. Um, their record was um, 28 and 14. They're first in offense with an offensive rating of 119.9, which is which is just insane. It's like three above um, the all-time record, which were the Dallas Mavericks of last season. Um, so if they can sustain that for the rest of the year, that'd be crazy. Um, their effective field goal percentage, personally, like the free throw rate is super, super high, obviously because it's Harden and Kyrie Irving 
and Kevin Durant. Um, it's just crazy. Um, their defense is only 23rd, though, um, as has been very, very well um, talked about in the media um, and, you know, kind of really, really did show in this game. Um, their defense rating is 113.9, which is not good at all. Um, and yeah, just going over the overview four factors type of stuff in this game. Um, so the Nets offensive rating was, hold on, I'm pulling it up, um, 120.2, which is crazy. Um, Drew Gooden was on the broadcast in the game time about how the Wizards defense did so well, blah, blah, blah. blah. Like, no, they, <laughs> the Wizards defense did not do so well. Um, a 120 offensive rating is above like what they've done this season um, on average. Um, the Wizards offensive rating was 111.6, which is not great. Um, but yeah, they like they were they were missing some shots um, that they would normally make. Um, their effective field goal percentage was really really high, which is a good thing. <laughs> Actually, much higher than about three points higher than the Brooklyn Nets. Um, but they turned the ball over much more often, um, and that's pretty much the story when you look at the four factors. Um, their turnover rate was 20 percent, and the Nets turnover rate was 7.4 percent. Um, so just putting those into whole understandable numbers. Um, the Wizards turned the ball over 19 times, um, and the Nets turned the ball over seven times. Um, so that 11 turnover difference does <laughs> really, really impact the game, obviously. Um, the Wizards actually did get more offensive rebounds than the Nets. Um, the centers played really, really well in uh, Alex Len and um, headband Robin Lopez, something I'm definitely going to talk a little bit about um, in this one. And they got to the line pretty similar amounts um, in this game. So, yeah, just to go over some of the, like, box score type stuff. Um, yeah, so, um, pretty good game from the main Wizards guys, um, except for Beal, um, which is kind of weird to say. Westbrook had an awesome game. Um, he was just attacking downhill all night. He looked really, really good, just, you know, absolutely torching um, the guards on the uh, Brooklyn Nets, like James Harden and um, Kyrie Irving, because... Like, they can't stay in front of him. Um, and when he just decided that, like, yeah, these guys can't stay in front of me, I'm going to get to the rim and score every time, like, he looked awesome. Um, he also looked awesome as a distributor in those situations that I've talked, I've talked about tons. Um, just finding that weak side corner. When he knows the defense is helping, he's gotten really, really, really good at that. Um, so he had 29 points um, He on 24 and a half shooting possessions, which is pretty good. Um, he was minus four in the night, though, in 39 minutes, um, which, you know, is to be expected in a seven-point loss um, if you play that many minutes. Um 13 assists, 13 rebounds. Um, just really, really good night for him. Um, Alex Len had 20 points. Um, Robin Lopez had 12 points. Um, both really, really impressive numbers for the centers, but a lot of those were, um, well, a lot of them for Len were just pretty much Russell Westbrook drop-down passes, um, which he's gotten super good at. And also Bradley Beal um, had a couple passes to Alex Len just for pretty much wide open dunks. Like, it's not like Alex Len is just like cooking out there. Um, he was, you know, just getting set up by his teammates. Um, Rui Hachimura had a good game. He looked really, really aggressive tonight, which is awesome. Um, but the Nets definitely didn't have the guys to guard him. And I guess the guys would be, um, like Kevin Durant usually does a good job on him, um, in the past, but he had 20 points, 10 rebounds. Um, and those 20 points came on ridiculous efficiency, 11 shots. Um, so almost, um, hundred percent true shooting for, um, Rui Hachimura for those 20 points, which is ridiculous. Um, and yeah, Beal only had 17 points. He was six of 15 from the field, um, four or five from the free throw line. So 17 points coming on, um, what is that? 20, 17 and a half shooting possessions. So below 50% true shooting night for him. Um, not his best night, obviously. Um, but it's okay. That's going to happen over the course of a 72 game season. Um, you know, when you play so often, just to look at some of the, um, Brooklyn Nets guys, um, obviously the two guys are James Harden and Kyrie Irving. 
Uh, both of them, like they're insane. <laughs> like in those minutes in the second quarter when it was just James Harden and not Kyrie Irving, um, the Nets absolutely dominated the Wizards. Like that was crazy. That's why um, James Harden has a plus seven and Kyrie Irving has a minus seven in terms of plus minus. Um, and James Harden played 39 minutes and Kyrie Irving played 35. Um, just nothing against Kyrie Irving. Um, it's just that James Harden was awesome in the minutes that he was handling the ball. Um, he's just clearly the best player on that team when, um, obviously, when Kevin Durant is out. Um, he's just so much better in terms of creation for others, um, in terms of attacking off of an ISO, um, and then, you know, utilizing his insane shooting ability. Um, just way better than Kyrie Irving. Like, no offense to Kyrie Irving. I think, obviously, he's a great player, but um, just not in the same tier as James Harden. Um, 26 points for Harden. Um, he had eight assists, um, 10 of 23 from the field, three or fourth of the line. So 26 points coming on 25 shooting possessions. Um, not insanely efficient on paper, um, you know, but he impacted the game in a lot of ways. Um, Kyrie Irving had 28 points coming on 28 and a half shooting possessions. I mean, he's just also just unbelievable. He didn't have his best game ever tonight, um, but he was still <laughs> really, really, really good. Sorry, I just paused. I don't know where it was in my thoughts. I just paused this for like 10 minutes um, to watch the ending of the Oral Roberts Florida game. Um, but yeah, it's March. I'm going to try to get um, this podcast done quickly, um, obviously, because I assume that people listening to this podcast are trying to watch March Madness and not trying to listen to this podcast for half an hour. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The Oral Roberts coach, I think his name is Paul Mills. Like He's awesome. Um, Kevin O'Banner and Max Aismas are obviously awesome. And um, yeah, I don't want to talk about Oral Roberts too much on this podcast, but Obviously, got to shout them out. I think I was talking about um, the Nets players. Um, so I think I just talked about um, Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Um, Blake Griffin played. He got two points. All he had was a dunk and didn't do anything else. <laughs> um, actually, so the most important thing with Blake Griffin to me as of right this second is his defense um, because that's going to determine if he can stay on the floor at all in the playoffs or if he's just going to be like a guy on the on the bench, <laughs> like on the, <laughs> on the uh, scout team. Um, and he actually was impressed with his lateral movement defensively tonight. Like he stayed in front of Bradley Beal a couple times. He stayed in front of uh, Russell Westbrook like one time. Um, and that's what they need. Like, um, the Nets have a really, really switch heavy scheme. And if Blake Griffin can fit into that on the defensive end, like he has the passing and he has a shooting ability on the offensive side of the ball to be fine on that end. Um, but the big question is the defense with the switching. And if he can switch ball screens, um, he could spot 15 minutes in the playoffs perfectly fine. He played 15 minutes tonight. Like if that's his role, um, I think it could be interesting. Um, I was definitely impressed with the way that he played tonight, even though he only scored two points and played 15 minutes. Um, Nick, Nick Laxton is someone I have to talk about. I I was a big Nick Laxton fan coming out of Georgia. Um, he was the 31st pick in the draft. I assume medicals had something to do with that, but also like he wasn't very good at Georgia at all. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like probably that um, had more to do with um, him dropping the draft. Um, but he was incredible tonight. Um, he's just super, super athletic. Um, he's still pretty raw in terms of skill level um, and in terms of just understanding the game of basketball. Like, obviously, he's helped out a lot by playing next to guys who are so good in Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Like, he was just catching lobs and getting dunks and stuff like that. But he can move his feet. Like, that's what I'm really, really impressed with. And, like, you can make a case that by the time the playoffs roll around, he's going to be playing more minutes than DeAndre Jordan. Um, he played more minutes than DeAndre Jordan in this game. He just fits what they want to do more. Like, he can move his feet. He can be in the dunker spot and be really good. Um I think part of the intrigue with him coming out of Georgia was that he could shoot it a little bit. Um, obviously, he didn't do any of that tonight, um, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, that's probably more like a two years down the line thing than right now. I thought he had like a degenerative ankle injury or something. I don't know why I remember that. Um, I thought he was going to be out for the season, but man, he looks good. 
Um, really, really good pickup for them. Just finding a guy on the margins um, like that to come out. And like he won the game at the very end. Um, oh, yeah. Speaking of the end of the game, um, we didn't talk about the Wizards did at the very, very, very end. Um, I want to pull up the play-by-play because um, it was really, really weird. Um, I'm just pulling up the NBA.com play-by-play data of the game. Um, so it was like at the end of the game, um, Russell Westbrook got a layup um, with 45 seconds left to cut the lead to two. Um, just him being aggressive, another really good play from him. Um, so got to get a stop, and you're still in the game. Um, so it was 44 seconds. Russell Westbrook got the layup. Um, so there's about 20-second differential between shot and game clock. Um, you get a stop. Um, you have 20 seconds to work with to make it three to win the game or make it two to extend the game, which obviously, like you guys know, I'm not a big fan of. Um, but you got to defend. Um, and it was a roll. It was basically like um, they Kyrie Irving took a basket. Um, the weak side rose, um, which occupied Bradley Beal and Nick Nick Claxton got a dunk. Um, it still has to be Bradley Beal's rotation. Um, Bradley Beal is just terrible on the weak side defensively. He did not rotate. Um, like. Come on, like I understand, like in some situations, like you're tired, you have 45 points on the night, um, and you just don't rotate, like. But in that situation, you you just have to be better. Um, you have to be better. You need a stop to stay in the game, and that essentially, you know, lost the game. Um, Nick Claxton, of course, was the guy that got the and one dunk. Um, and he's he sunk his free throw. Like all credit to him. So it was a five point game. Um, and then the shot that the Wizards ended up getting. Um, only five seconds in the clock. Like you had to go really really fast. But like a Westbrook three, <laughs> a Westbrook pull up three. That's what that's the shot that you get. Um, so obviously could have been you know maybe done something. Like if <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather have the Wizards spend two more seconds of the shot to get anyone else a shot. Literally anyone else <laughs> on their team. Like I mean not literally, but like Garrison Matthews or Bradley Beal a shot. Then Russell Westbrook pulling up from three. Um, still can't shoot. Um, and then so here the weirdest thing was that Kyrie Irving got the rebound with twenty one point seven seconds left. The Wizards didn't trap for like 10 seconds. And when they did trap, Kyrie Irving split the trap and just dribbled around. He wasn't fouled until three seconds left in the game. So 18.5 seconds ticked off the clock before the Wizards fouled. They're down five. Um, Kyrie, so they miss a shot. Kyrie Irving catches the ball 21 seconds. If you trap and then you foul him like five seconds later, you still have 16 seconds. Like you're still at least in the game. Like he made like you're down seven. You can like stuff can happen, right? At least you give yourself a chance by not fouling for 18 seconds, and then you only have three seconds to work with when you're down by seven. You're not even you're not even trying. You're not giving yourself a chance, and that is frustrating. Like as a fan, um, as someone who's trying to analyze the game, um, at least give yourself a chance to win. And the Wizards didn't. Um, the same thing. I don't want to reference college basketball again, but like, man, like some teams, like you got to know time to score. Like yesterday in the UVA Ohio game, it was a four point game with four seconds left. UVA threw the ball in bounds, not even past half court. Um, and then they shot it like right at the buzzer. <laughs> There's not a four point shot. You've got to give yourself a chance to win the game. And it's frustrating to see when teams don't even don't even give themselves a chance. Like, I don't know. That's one of my pet peeves. Like, at least play it out. Like, if you have a one percent chance of winning the game, like you're probably not going to win. But like, you might as well play. Um, you can't just give up. Like, I, I just hate that. Um, so, yeah, I guess. So the next thing I want to talk about. Um, well, I guess on a positive note. Russ Westbrook was awesome tonight. Um, that is a really, really good thing. Um, I want to see his shot chart, obviously, um, but he was attacking. Um, like I said earlier, just exposing these guards that can't really, you know, that don't really defend. Um, like Kyrie Irving cannot guard Russell Westbrook. Um, a lot of times early in the season when Russell Westbrook had an advantageous matchup, um, he was settling. 
um, for bad shots. And tonight he was much, much, much more aggressive um, to get to the rim. He was he shot six shots right at the rim, and he was five for six, um, which is super, super positive. That's awesome. Um, he got nine free throws, which is an incredible number um, to get nine on the night. Um, he also shot four more shots inside the lane, uh, right outside the restricted area. Almost two before in those shots. So he shot 10 shots at the rim, um, or 10 shots in the paint. Fantastic number. Um, he shot three shots in the mid-range. Terrible number. Well, not terrible, Like, but like, come on. Like, can we get it down to two? Can we get it on one, please? Um, those are just unneeded shots. Like, he is not a good mid-range jump shooter. He shot seven threes. Like, why? <laughs> um, I'm, man, it's just so frustrating. Um, because it's such basic things just optimizing your shot location can just increase your chances of winning a basketball game by so much like it i don't understand why it's not more emphasized amongst individual players at times um especially the <laughs> russell westbrook's at the world he's shooting 32 percent from three um it's in the 16th percentile so do you want that guy shooting seven threes um making a below average point per shot number the answer is obviously no um, you don't want that. <laughs> You'd rather have a better shot from someone else. Um, it just doesn't make sense. Um, I want to pull up Bradley Beal shot location. Um, honestly, like it's not like they were doing anything like out of the ordinary um, to really, really defend him. Um, They're just like throwing like a Bruce Brown or just whoever the best defender was on the floor. Um, just had him guard him. Um, and like Beal struggled. Um, but a lot of that was because he just wasn't hitting shots. He was only one for three in the mid range. Um, one or one for three um, from beyond the arc, um, four for six in floater range, and over three from right around the restricted area, which is weird. Um, part of that is the Nick Claxton. Um, he played really, really well. Um, part of that is also obviously because Jandre Jordan. Um, but, you know, some of those are just shots that Beal usually makes, and they just didn't go in the basket. If he's two for three on that, um, you're looking at the stats, and he had a and he has a much better night. Um, but, you know, it just wasn't his night. That's okay. That happens. Um, probably thinking about his Florida team, uh, his alma mater playing <laughs> Oral Roberts and losing. Um, I bet that was on. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but it's a fun thought. Um, I mean, Russell Westbrook played well. His his UCLA team won yesterday. Um, so you know, maybe, maybe that's a factor. Um, but also, like Kyrie Irving and James Harden absolutely destroyed the Wizards, and they went to Arizona State and Duke, who are not in the tournament. Um, oh, I I love looking at James Harden shot charts every night. Um, just ridiculous. Three for nine from beyond the arc and five for 10 from right inside the restricted area. Um, that's what I want from Westbrook, except for the three or nine from beyond the arc, obviously. But um, James Harden is just so, so good. Um, and especially when like something he's added more this year to his game is being able to drive with his offhand. Um, and when he kind of lulls his defender to sleep and then goes with that right hand and then he the dunker is like the dunker um, is on the left side of the floor and he can throw that little... Um, little lob um to a Nick Claxton or DeAndre Jordan um he's so good at that pass and when someone like Nick's, Nick Claxton who's super athletic is catching it um it just looks awesome it's so hard to stop um but you need your weak side wing to pull over but <laughs> something that I really wanted um that I really love about the Nets um I assume this is a this is like a D'Antoni staple is um just optimizing your the opponent's help or optimizing how do I want to put this I guess taking advantage of help responsibilities um, it's something one of my criticisms of Scott Brooks all the time is that he doesn't do this nearly enough um, is that the Nets are going to have a really, really good shooter in that weak side corner to make um, the defender really, really think and make a tough decision on who he wants to leave open. At the end of the day, the correct answer is always just going to be to make the rotation. 
But if you're thinking about, uh, do I really want to help on Claxton to, on a dunk while I'm guarding Joe Harris in the corner? Like, if you make the defender think for half a second, all of a sudden Claxton is wide open for a dunk. And that's exactly what you want to do. You want to make the defense think. Like, that's why teams move the ball side to side. That's why they run, like, all these false actions. That's why they run um, actions to get into actions. Like, you know, that's <laughs> that's why offense is, looks like it does. You just want the defense to think, and you want to put yourself in an advantage situation. Um, and then, like, D'Antoni is so, so good at that. Obviously, I guess I have to give credit to Steve Nash because he is the head coach. Um, but these are D'Antoni principles. Um, but, yeah, um, like, whenever, like, they're about to run something, like, you can tell that they're going to, what side, um, sometimes they're going to run something just by where Joe Harris runs to. Um, right before they run a lot of action, they'll just cut Joe Harris through to the weak side or they'll just come to the corner. Um, and then, you know, oh, okay, so this that's on the weak side. They're running their action towards the other way. Um and it doesn't matter, like, if you know that it's coming or not, because it's so hard to stop. Um, oh, yeah, one time the, the Nets ran this awesome action. It was um, Joe Harris setting a screen for um, James Harden, and it was just an empty side. Like, the whole left side of the floor was empty, um, except for Joe Harris, obviously, who was coming from the left side. He set a screen, a ball screen, um, for James Harden to go left, um, which obviously was a dominant hand. Um, James, or Joe Harris popped out to um, top of the key area. Um, so uh, either James Harden had the optionality to attack going downhill with his left hand or kick it out to Joe Harris at the top of the key, um, again, with his left hand, with the dominant hand. So just really, really good play design, really smart, um, utilizing, you know, your players. Um, what's it called? Starts with an A. Man, I'll never remember the word. <laughs> um, but um, just what handed they are. Um, there's a word for that. Ambidexter, dexterity, something like that. Um but yeah, just super, super smart play design um, and super simple too. Like play design doesn't really, really have to be that hard. Um, a lot of the best play designs are pretty simple um, just because that's the stuff that the players will be able to remember and execute and just be effective with. Um, so just really, really smart stuff there from um, D'Antoni, um, Nash and the staff. Um, 20 minutes in, I did not expect to be this far in. Um, I guess I do want to talk about Joe Harris. Um, he shot three threes from the corner and four threes from above the arc. Um, so that's kind of the thing I was talking about with putting him in the corner, but also... Um, just so hard once you get um, like the thing about um, that makes the net so tough is that Kyrie Irving and Harden just automatically like they put your defense in rotation right away uh, because of their ability to just break guys down one on one like you cannot stay in front of James Harden one on one in a matchup like it's just like impossible um, same thing with Kyrie Irving um, unless you just have an elite elite defender which the Wizards don't um, Isak Bonga got a lot of minutes tonight I would have loved to see Troy Brown get some more minutes um, because I think Troy Brown can hold up um, reasonably well against James Harden compared to Westbrook or Beal. Um, he didn't, um, but Bonga did did fine. Um, obviously, like he's just not good at offense at all, but he's good defensively that he gets minutes. He played a 12 tonight, um, and he was minus eight because he was part of that second unit that was trying to guard James Harden, who was just absolutely lighting them up. Um, but yeah, I also want to look at Kyrie Irving's shot chart. I'm wondering how many floaters he... Yeah, he took 11 floaters and made five which is a solid percentage. Um, that's pretty interesting, though. Three for five from the mid-range, one of six from downtown, and one of three from right around the rim. So, again, like like I said, not his best night. Um, the shots weren't falling for him, but like he wasn't even playing up to like the full level that he could, and the Nets' offense was still awesome, and they didn't have um, Kevin Durant, which is it's just crazy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, their defense, I do want to talk a little bit about their defense. Like Their rotations aren't crisp. They're not very consistent. They're not good yet. Um, just like Westbrook had so many drop down passes to Oxlade, like that's how he's scoring so much. Um, and then <laughs> Lopez, oh, I gotta talk about this. Lopez put on a headband. All of a sudden, he has more post moves. Like all of a sudden, he's not just going to 
the right-handed hook shot. He shot a left-handed hook shot. He did like this like step-through dunk or not dunk, but like he it was like a pump fake and he stepped through and he shot a layup. I was like, I've never seen him do anything like that before without a headband. So um, headband must have given him new post moves um, is my theory <laughs> for a while. All of a sudden, he looked like a completely different player. Um, just insane. Um, yeah, like I said, I wanted to, I want to wrap this episode up a little bit earlier um, because obviously I know what time of the year it is. I want to watch these games. Um, so yeah, I want to wrap this up a tiny bit early. I'm just going to go over my notes and that is going to be it. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Early in the game, it was like 20 to five. I wrote in my notes, was hitting everything so far. This is going to be a good night that, that aged badly. <laughs> um, but they, it was like, it was ridiculous how many shots they're hitting so early in the game. Um, I thought it was just going to be like a really, like the nets were just going to be off. They're going to come out flat. The Wizards were just going to like keep hitting shots the rest of the night. That didn't happen. Um, I talked about like Blake Griffin blocked Beal and I saw, I thought that was super impressive, but I did talk about that earlier. Um, at the end of the first quarter, Bonga came in for like two possessions and he played really, really good defense for those two possessions. And I thought that was impressive. Um, but just such a tough match to just throw him out there on James Harden and say, try your best. Um, really, really more of a guy that should be guarding wings. But again, I think Troy Brown should have been out there because I think his lateral quickness is good enough to at least try to stay with Harden. Um, I remember when I was Harden is insane. Uh, when the step back is falling, he's completely unstoppable by Bonga. <laughs> Poor Bonga. Because um, Harden hit a couple step backs right in his mouth. And <laughs> Bonga just had no chance. Like, you hate to see it. Um, love the Nets using James Harden and Joe Harris in the pick and pop. Talk about that. Um, hard to stop the Nets when Joe Harris is on the weak side corner. Talk about that. Um, I love watching Claxton play. Super energetic and very good athlete. Yeah, I talked about that. Um, yeah, Claxton was a 31st pick. I already talked about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I talked about that before I had paused it for like 10 minutes, watched the end of that Oral Roberts game. Um, so I'm all mixed up here. Oh my God, I have to talk about the Drew couldn't come in last. Um, something I don't like the, when the Wizards do um, is when they have repost up non-advantageous matchups in the post. Like I remember they, they posted him against Joel Embiid a couple times. Um, they've done it against like Kevin Durant a couple times. Like James Harden is not an advantageous matchup for Rui. He's actually like a legitimately good post defender. Um, that's why the Rockets used to be able to switch so much with him. Um, oh, also speaking of that, like Russell Westbrook is so, so, so bad at getting over screens. Um, anyways, <laughs> I just, just had to put that out there because he's terrible, um, on defense, but yeah, like wizards, please stop posting up Rui in matchups that aren't an advantage matchup. It doesn't make any sense. You're just killing your offense. You, at that point you have no motion and you just have like just very little hope to score. Um, I just hate, I hate watching that. Like, it doesn't make sense. If you have like an advantage, like you have him on a guard or like, you know, whatever, like you run him, I don't know, even if they run an action for him, like fine, that makes sense. Um, but, uh, some of the stuff the Wizards do, uh, they're, they're just trying to trying to give me some content, I guess, but like it, it makes me upset. Um, yeah, I wrote in my notes that this is like the one matchup the Wizards could actually go small and just switch everything and then help um, scramble around, but like they, they never did. Um, but like, I guess against like bigs that won't really mash you in the post, like like Claxton and DeAndre Jordan aren't going to catch the ball in the post and do a post move and score against you consistently. Um, so against those types of teams, that's where I would prefer to see a smaller lineup. Um, and it'd make more sense. But again, like I talked about in the last pod that the Wizards um, don't really have the personnel to really, really go small and have it be effective. Um, so you kind of put yourself in a tough position just with, with their overall roster construction, um, especially late in that game where um, Nets were able to attack so well off the pick and roll. Um, just all game long. Um, was it exploding the week one one defenders on this team? I talked about that. Um, so last thing I want to talk about, Drew couldn't keep saying Russell Westbrook is a top five player in the league with the ball in his hands going downhill. He was barely a top five player on the court. 
<laughs> with the ball in his hands going downhill. Like, I'd rather have Bradley Beal, ball in his hands going downhill. I'd rather have Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving all with the ball in their hands going down, downhill. And then you can throw just plenty of guys into there, like, <laughs> just Giannis, um, LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, um, done. Um, Russell Westbrook is not even close to a top five player with the ball in his hands um, going downhill. Like, stop saying that, please. It, it just drives me insane. Um, probably his second worst take behind the take that Bradley Beal is a one of the best, arguably the best player in the league. Like that was the most ridiculous take I've ever heard um, from Drew Gooden. But yeah, that's gonna do it for this episode. Um, next game is on Tuesday, I think at seven thirty. Not really sure. Um, but the Wizards play the Knicks. That'll be an interesting matchup. Um, so definitely um, watch that one. Um, and then I'll have a podcast coming out that night or the next day. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoopsWizardsPod. I'll see you next time.